Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. On the path, which is the name for our personal witchcraft practices, we have spent a great deal of time discussing what we believe and why. These conversations led to the writing of a book full of information about our tradition. We call these beliefs metaphysical kernels of thought because they are the start of much, much bigger ideas. We thought we would share some of these with you. So, today's metaphysical kernel of thought is ICE Cycle. ICE is an acronym for Ingress, Congress, Egress, which is a series of three rituals we celebrate at the start of each cross-quarter time. They are how we celebrate the elemental energy shifts from one to the next. Originally, we used this cycle exclusively at Samhain as a way to develop connections with the energies we work with. But once we realized that for us, there are not cross-quarter days, but times, we began using them at each of the four, which we call Candlemas, Beltane, Loaf Mass, and Samhain. Ingress is the first ritual and the opening of the new time. We say thank you to the element from the last cycle for working with us and begin inviting the new element for the current time in to work with us. It is performed on the dark moon before Congress. Congress is the second ritual and time for communing with the new element, performing divination for information about what we need for this cycle and creating a touchstone to remind us of the energy now predominant for us to work with. It is performed on the date that many pagans have set up for the cross-quarter days because we are practical and know there's a lot of energy built up around this date. Egress is the third and final ritual of this cycle and is the time of closing the celebration and fully moving into the new cross-quarter time. This date is set astrologically. When the sun enters 15 degrees of Aquarius for Candlemas, Taurus for Beltane, Leo for Lovemass, and Scorpio for Samhain. Each of the elemental associations is based on the weather and seasons we experience where we live and practice. Therefore, the associations are Candlemas is the time of inspiration, element of fire. Beltane is the time of foundation, element of earth. Lovemass is the time of contemplation, element of air. Samhain is the time of connection element of water. As part of the cycle, we also complete what we call the times of contemplation, preparation, and creation. It is a series of activities that we do at the same time, yet individually. It takes place during the period between Ingress and Congress, or Congress and Egress, whichever is the shorter time based on the dates. So now we've got the idea. We have the four sabbats, which are the solstices and equinoxes, and we decided to really flip things on its behind. And instead of celebrating cross-quarter days, we turned them into times, which pretty much coincide with the four seasons that we're lucky enough to record around today, record experiences of around here, because we actually live where there's like a winter and a summer, where the weather is very different. And because of that, we have started using what we call the ice cycle. And no, I do not mean icicle like hanging off the windows, but I-C-E for ingress, congress, and egress, 
It's we an acronym. Yes. Yes. And we're allowed to use that fancy word. Nice abbreviating, as it were. And um, we put these three together. We originally started using it at Samhain, which is where we had first experienced it long ago in another incarnation as they so, established connections. So it just, if you don't mind my interrupting, Elizabeth, I just kind of want to tie back into our last last time where um, when we talk about this cross-quarter time, mm -hmm. um, it's really helpful to, to me, or at least it has been while I've been trying to learn this, to use the word period. Mm -hmm. um, it's just period to me is a substantial quantity as opposed to a moment. Yes. So what's helped me is to learn that the path sees the cross quarter time as a period beginning at that moment, as opposed to a moment like during an or a, a solstice or an equinox. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of wanted to reinforce that what we're talking about to do this ingress, congress, ing and egress for is to begin the next period that we're going to see until the next Sabbath. Yes. Well, not even the next Sabbath. It's the next. Ne the next cross quarter. I'm sorry. Cross quarter. Yes, because it's interesting because the solstices and equinoxes, each of them happens in the middle of what. They're the midpoint of the. <laughs> times yeah exactly and it sounds confusing when you talk about it but for us the way we've done it is the way we started figuring it out is we use congress as like the, the middle ritual and that is as we said we picked the same date that a lot of pagans celebrate the sabbath of or the cross-quarter sabbath kind of thing as they sure. When you think about it, if a lot of people have celebrated a holiday on a particular date over a number of years, there's a certain energy that builds up around it. Absolutely. Why not Why not use that energy and have it be part of the energy we work, we're working with? Exactly. And then because Ingress is an invitation, we kind of settled on, okay, the dark moon before Congress, whatever the date is. So that date can kind of vary because our calendar doesn't always match up like five days before sure. for it to be a dark moon like it was recently. Now, and, then, and, and just to, to, to briefly talk about that ingress, we're sort of saying goodbye to the element that we were following during the last period, mm -hmm. um, which was the, the time to Beltane. Right. And then inviting or initiating ourselves with this new element that we're going to be following during the times of Lofmas. Okay. I don't, I, I don't know if it's so much following as focusing on. Because for us, we seem to experience one of the elements as being predominant during each cross-quarter period. Sure, sure. I think we talked about that in the, yeah. the last time. Exactly. And the idea is the other ones haven't gone anywhere. They're just, they're, it's just the other one seems to be like super accessible. I guess right. But during during right. in, ingress, we're sort of passing from one to another. 
Exactly. And we are thanking the other one. You know, it's right. not we're necessarily saying goodbye. We are thanking them for their assistance as we have learned and worked and connected and done stuff for the last. Sure. It's kind of thing. Like you said, Ingress is, is the invitation. If you liken it to a party, you're inviting somebody to come. Right, right. Yep. Congress is the party itself. We're communing with the energy. We're asking for whatever they're like for love math. We're asking for knowledge and perceptions. And we divine at each of the Congresses to see if there's anything we personally need to kind of focus on for the energy for that period. We create a touchstone. Sure. I can remember doing that last night. And, uh, and that was a wonderful, wonderful part of the ritual. Yep. It's, it's just, it's kind of like a heads up for yourself. Like, oh, I'm, it's part of my personal work for this time period. Maybe I need to be aware of. And like I said, we create a touchstone. We've been using various stones where we ask the element to like imbue a tiny bit of its energy into it and we connect with it as well. And we have it as almost a reminder. Yep. You know, an awareness, a way to, I, to focus our awareness. I refer, I, you know, when I'm at work and whatnot, I refer to the one that I wear as a talisman because truly that's what it is. It's an object or a device that I can carry on me that when I feel or notice its presence, I can take note and focus on what it represents to me. Exactly. And a talisman is something you wear. I tend to keep mine on my air altar because I've created a miniature altar that sure. I of air for this period and it's 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 like the the main focus almost of the altar in that sense it's a reminder of we're working with this element and why and then egress is the we to us that date that 15 degrees astrological thing which stays pretty consistent within a couple of days on the calendars um, relates to each of the astrological quarters signs when it's in 15 degrees the sun hits it and now we're truly into the season as it were and that's when we quote unquote officially start doing all the work that we're doing as part of the season so we could see the party or the congress as kind of a launch party exactly and yeah. then egress is, okay, now we're going to go to work. Yes, we have to clean up and everybody else goes home. You know, <laughs> after the party's over, there's a certain amount of cleanup that's required and you get to you go back to work. Well, and I noticed in my inbox this morning that you sent me, apparently there's homework that I need to be doing. Um, is that something that you always do as part of your ICE cycle? Yes, the times of contemplation, preparation, and creation. We've come up with a number of activities because it's not always a consistent date. And we will either do those times between Ingress and Congress or Congress and Egress, depending on which is the shorter number of days. Because sometimes the dark moon can literally be two and a half weeks out. Sure of Congress, and it gets a little frustrating trying to do something every day for two and a half weeks sometimes. Life gets in the way, let's be honest. 
you know, trying to do something consistently. I, I had not considered the practical efficiency to that. But now, you know, when you explained it to me earlier, I, 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 I didn't quite rock it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that makes the, the most sense is block out the least of my week that you have to. Well, let's be honest. It would be great if we could spend every day, all day doing spiritual, magical stuff. Okay. But I, mundane lives that require our time and attention. I must confess that pretty much I do have kind of a magical job. So. Well, yeah, but, then, but you were not the average cat in that spot. Yeah. All right. All right. There's that. And there, you still have to eat, you have to sleep, you have to get to work, you have to buy groceries, clean the house, do laundry, all that mundane stuff. And, and just as a personal aside, I have custody of seven grandchildren. So my yep. mundane life, <laughs> you, you've seen I juggle or maybe it's plate spin a lot sometimes. Sure. You know, just because, and the fact that I can take a few minutes we don't have, it's not like we each say, okay, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, we're going to do day whatever it is, and we're going to do that activity. As long as we're doing it on the same day, we're good in that sense, and they're individual. Sure. In in fact, for myself, I mean, I've always been the, the kind of pagan, I guess, because it spanned a few um, different traditions and whatnot through the years. But I've always kind of been of the mind that I knew when the full moon was the full moon, regardless of what the calendar said. And I needed to do my full moon ritual within that three-day period of the day before, the day of, and the day after. And as long as I fitted in that kind of a pocket, I was always going to be happy with it. Yeah, it's the same idea. Sure. And then we always create as part of the period between Congress and Egress, regardless of the homework, as you put it, some <laughs> offering that we are going to offer to the new element that we are working with. Just as a way of saying, ha, ah, we recognize that we're in your time frame now. Sure. So <laughs> thank you in advance for working with us. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like being able to make that offering up front of the work itself, too. Yeah. So what are these? Um, I'm, I'm seeing that we are coming out, out of the time of foundation, mm -hmm. which I, I have to tell you just in my experience along this journey with jumping into the podcast here after after Susie transitioned. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like the last couple of months of working with you, I have built a solid foundation. And so it's interesting now that I'm seeing that we're moving into Lofmas, which is the time of contemplation. So talk to me about why contemplation for this season. Okay. Or this period. Well, if you think about the associations of the element of air, which is knowledge and ideas and beliefs and all of that, almost mental activity, for want of a better word. It is the time of year that we decided would be a good time to look at our beliefs about our practices, about witchcraft in general, about what we think, what we do, and see, okay, this is what I thought last year, or this is what I believed before. Is it what I still believe now? Has it changed? 
has it grown into something that's an expansion of that, or is it something entirely different? Is there something that I put aside because it didn't fit my current whatever I was doing? And then sure. look at it again. And if you think about it agriculturally, which is what a lot of the original pagan stuff, for want of a better word, was based on, this was the time of the first harvest. Is it for, if you go back far enough agriculturally, yep. Yep, I'm with you. grain and all of that, and the they used wind to separate like the wheat from the chaff and discard what didn't work anymore, wasn't useful. This, sure. is, this is the time of year where we're kind of winding up projects that we started like springtime. Um, hanging the meat up on the racks to dry for the winter. Yep, absolutely. All that kind of thing, if you think about it. And this was when you looked at, okay, winter's coming. What do I have the time and energy with the 14 projects I've got going that I know, honestly, I'm going to finish? And is there stuff that I started that I know I'm never going to get to, so maybe I need to put it down and stop trying to find time to finish it? Or is there stuff I need to put away and come back to later because I'm not ready to deal with it yet? So I'm seeing this contemplation and the way I'm hearing what you're describing as almost like a, I don't want to say reboot because it's just so ridiculously corny, but yeah, a self-check, what's working, what's not working, what messages have I been overriding that I need to, to clear off, you know, the little garbage collection from a software point of view. But, yeah, what is going on with my system and where could it be improved? Exactly. Okay. And I'm doing this, but I'm doing this with the aid of the elemental energy of air mm -hmm. onto my um, little teeny tiny spark, my internal spark of the divine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And one thing that Sue and I have done is create a list, I guess, for whatever better word, of nine, 90 day, that 90 day period, like 30 different top, like the top 30 of things to kind of start to think about. Sure. You know, to give us a jumping off point, because otherwise you can get yourself down all sorts of rabbit holes that <laughs> your purpose, as it were, you know, and I'll be sending you another email. <laughs> as it were with the list when we get to egress and we set it up that yes we have a 90 day period however we limited the list the starting list or any of the activities for any of the periods to 30 items because there's going to be days when i have time and i can you know walk through three or four and then i may have a stretch of five or six days where the mundane is in the way so I don't have time to focus on it. And if I have 90 things to do, that means I'm supposed to do one a day. And then if I don't. You have stress. Yeah, I'm stress. I'm going to start to feel guilty. And yep. I'm, and I'm and going now, to. And now you're not magic. You're mundane. And then and you're also going to say, fuck it. And why am I bothering to try and get through this? Because I'm behind. Yep. And then I'm playing catch up and we make ourselves nuts. So we said, no, we're not going to do one a day. We're going to have. Like you said, that three-day period to get through one. When you think about it, it's like having that three-day sure. 
of your full moon ritual where you knew you had those three days and it didn't have to be on that particular day. Yeah, plus or minus one is always worked in Dave's universe. Exactly. Lots of people's universes. Okay. And that's where we went with that. And we've done that for all of the different things. It's like when you're celebrating candle mass, which is fire, which is creativity and inspiration and all of that. We have activities meant to spark your enjoyment of your creativity, kind of beef up your inspiration. Okay, now you're starting to get me excited. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I, I have to tell you, so much more now than an hour ago, I have a better understanding of a, what it means for me to say that um, last night's ritual, we performed what we call Congress with the elements of earth and air, and then in the process of doing so, I have started what I call the times of contemplation. Mm -hmm. And now I have an understanding of what that contemplation part is really about. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I didn't from reading the cue cards before. So yeah. um, That's it's, uh, it's neat to have been able to come away from a, a podcast having learned something. Um, and I like to think I'm learning along the way with uh, the people that are listening with us. So I hope so. One of the reasons we wanted to do the podcast is we have figured out our own tradition, which is one of the greatest things you can do as a witch or a practicing pagan or whatever you call yourself, is we can figure out what works. And we'd like to share with other people what we're doing. And if they want to run with it, that's great. If they want to disagree with us in nonviolent ways, that's great too. And the idea is to spark discussion, or I hadn't thought of it like that, or I have come across a couple of other people who do something that's quasi similar and they develop it independently of us. And it's kind of life affirming to know that what we're doing is, is out there in different forms for different people. Well, and here's what I tell people every day at work. We have a tendency being the wonderful pattern matching apes that we are. We have this tendency that when we see someone's spell or someone else's tradition or someone else's idea or even someone else's tarot, you know, it, it's sort of a universal thing that if we're not conforming to that list or that recipe or that spell or whatever, if we dare make a change to it, we're kind of set up to feel like we have lessened that spell's energy or that spell's magic. And I, I tell people every day, no, every time you make a substitution on that list, every time you say, no, adventuring isn't the right crystal for me for that day, I want to use um, lapis. You know, every time you make one of those changes, you have not weakened any spell work. You've actually made it stronger because you've made that choice with your own instinct and your own intuition. And so you're making the spell more and more your own. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful to be able to see the result of you and Susie kind of hammering your way through what essentially was, what, 15 to 20 years worth of practicing together. Mm -hmm. And now you're able to share it and uh, 
have other people become a part of it. I think that's the best way to describe it. And I think, too, as you say, as part of our culture, many of us come from some sort of formal religious practice where there is a book that this is it. Yep. Carved in stone. I mean, you want to think of Moses coming down from the damn mountain? Go ahead. The rules were carved in stone. And as long as you followed the rules or did the service a certain way with the Catholic Mass, for example, sure. or celebrated certain holy days or prayed a certain way, you were part of and you were following the tradition correctly. So when we step out of the box and say, okay, we're not doing that, and we're witches, and we get to pick and choose, yeah, and, and all of a sudden there isn't a book that says... And it, and it starts to work better. It, yeah, it does. It does. But there is a certain amount of terror attached to that, too. Sure, sure. You know, and, and part of, like you said, that 15 or 20 years was filled with glorious mistakes. Oh, yeah. Because there are all sorts of books out there about witchcraft and ways that other people practice. Like you said, like somebody writes a spell. And you get it in your head because of that formal stuff from before that if you don't use that. Yeah. It's a green candle. No, it doesn't. That's what they had when they worked on that day when they wrote that down. Exactly. (laughs) That's what they associate with whatever you're trying to do. Sure. Okay. The idea is, though, you're creating energy. You are bringing in sympathetic magic in that sense, correspondences, like calls to like. And for them, that green candle matches. It's like money magic spells. How many money magic spells do you read in this country where it has to be green? Okay. <laughs> That's because in our country, our money is green. You go to somewhere else, and it may not be green. Right. To be honest, it's a whole different color or a whole bunch of different colors. If you go to places like Australia, where every bill is a different freaking color. So which color do you pick and which one is the right one for money? It's whichever one works for you. Let's be honest. Okay. I'm just going to let you have that one. I'm sorry. Everything we're talking about now is what Sue and I figured out works for us. And if some of it resonates with you, great. If not, stop listening. If not, and you keep <laughs> listening, and maybe you'll find something you agree with me about. You know, try out some of this stuff. See if it works for you. That's the best part about this. And it doesn't have to be the same. I have a feeling that if you and I are together 10 years down the road practicing, what we're doing then is going to be very different from what we're doing now. Because the whole idea of being a witch yeah. is very Yeah, true. absolutely. Well, and it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, we talked about this here a couple of weeks ago where it's a cycle, but it's an onward moving cycle. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So because we did love, we're doing the cycle of love mass, the ice cycle for love mass now. And it's new, right. it's different. Now, next year, if you do it again, you'll be more familiar with how it works. You will have developed a connection with the element of air on some level, 
over this next period of time. So that when we cycle back around to Lofness next year, your connection with the element of air will be different and deeper and more personal to you. Sure. Hello, old friend. Absolutely. Yeah. So how you experience the rituals and the period and the contemplation and all the things that we do will be different. And that's the fun part. I'm just imagining the human being that I'm going to be next year at this time. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, I got distracted, but no, I'm ha I'm having a very magical night. Oh, me too. But when you think about it, I enjoy it too because it's like I know where I was last year at this time so that I can go back because I have all the stuff I wrote about my beliefs last year. I kept all that. But that's just me because I'm a natural pack rat when it comes to anything I write. But it's there so that I can go back and say, okay, that's what I thought a year ago. Look at where I am now, and I can see how I got from point A to point B sometimes. Sure. Sometimes it's just a revelation, and I have no idea where my beliefs shifted or changed, or I don't want to say regressed, but returned to a previous thought, for want of a better word. Sure. And, and what we were talking about in our book on the past tradition is the, the bare essence of the idea. And what you and I are talking about on the podcast is kind of giving people, hopefully, an idea of how we got it. Well, and how we're able to apply it practically in our practices. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is the best part. I mean, it's great to be able to write and talk about it, but if you don't do anything, there's no point. Religion is a practice. Witchcraft is a practice. Life we is a practice. Witchcraft. Life is a practice. So Life you is a practice, yep. Exactly. So why not put witchcraft and life together and see where it goes? <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to hearing about this egress ritual. And yes. thanks for taking time so that I understand more about the times of contemplation. Exactly. You're welcome. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. So in today's Witch Stone Spotlight, we'll be looking at the stone card for the divine. Concept stones focus on an aspect of the craft, rather than a specific physical energy, and they detail the causal relationship of action and result, echoing the ideas of as above, so below, and as below, so above. The, the Divine Stone card is the third of eight mental concept stones of the Witchstone Oracle deck that relate to the energy of thoughts or processes. It displays a pictograph of a white spiral, that circles inward with light rays around it, surrounded by a white and black border. Again, the border being split white over black tells us that this is a concept stone. And the border being white over black, or air over earth, tells us that this card represents a mental concept. Throughout ancient history, there have been pairs of god-goddess figures that have represented the dichotomies of light and dark. They were not exclusive, and one could not exist without the other, 
while human sense have assigned meanings to the light as good and the dark as evil. Many of the myths talk about how light was created out of darkness, and they were more symbolic of order and chaos than of good versus evil. For those of us on the path, the divine is the external or transcendent source of creation. It is whatever each of us conceives to be the supreme being, whose intrinsic nature is unknowable. Because of our humanity, we believe that each of us has an internal spark of the divine within our souls, which is what put us on this spiritual journey. The path we walk is an expression of this longing to connect with the source, or what we call the external spark of the divine of the universe. The divine is the creative source for the universe, so the energy is completely projective. In essence, it radiates thoughts, ideas, and inspirations outward that manifest constantly in new and different ways. It does not need to receive anything because it creates anything it wants or needs. As such, it is completely beyond human comprehension. As it is always completely projective, its energy is associated with the light half of the year. The divine stone card is associated with the full moon lunar phase. The divine represents thoughts and ideas when reflecting on the element of air. The divine represents personal development when reflecting on the element of earth. The scene energy for the divine stone card in a reading is the all that is harmony and integrating. The all that is may be thought of as another name for the divine and you may be feeling a greater connection than ever before at this time. Harmony is that feeling that all parts of yourself or your world are acting or moving in the same direction with ease, and you should be savoring this feeling of temporary calmness. Integrating may mean that parts of yourself that you are not feeling connected with or that you have been learning more about are moving to become part of who you are right now as a spiritual person. The unseen energy for the Divine Stone card in a reading is the all that is, feeling lost, and seeking connection. The all that is may be the source of the universe, but you may be experiencing doubts about whether you are on the right spiritual path, which is a perfectly normal part of any spiritual practice. Questioning your beliefs is not wrong, but necessary for growth. Feeling lost may mean you feel disconnected from your own internal spark of the divine and may need to renew a personal practice to reconnect to it. And seeking connection may mean you are actively working to increase your personal links to both your internal spark and the external spark of the divine. We have heard from some of our listeners who appreciate what we are talking about in our segments, but are asking for spells or about spells. Can you give me a spell for this or that? I want to be able to fill in the blank here, find love, romance, money, etc. 
Since you asked, we are adding a small segment to some of our podcasts going forward that we are calling Practical Magic for the Everyday Witch. These are simple spells we use that don't require a lot of ingredients for correspondences or sometimes no ingredients at all. Because we like to be able to use magic to deal with the practical everyday stuff, this is what we have to share. However, the biggest reminder about spellcraft is that the best spells are the ones you create for yourself because they are a part of your own magic. Actually, there are three important components to any spell. Number one is setting your intent. This means that you need to be able to state clearly and precisely what you want your spell to do and how you want it to be done. Number two is ingredients. Any physical items you need to cast your spell, such as candles or herbs, or to act as correspondences, which are representations of something physical that you don't have right in front of you or are trying to come up with or manifest. Finally, number three is some sort of way to raise energy. After all, all spells are powered by energy, and there are a number of different ways to raise this type of energy, including chanting or various movements. Now, you know, we all have those times when we just can't find something we need right now. We know we left it right somewhere. Now it's gone and we need it back. This spell is all about finding something usually something small, that we have misplaced. Obviously, your intent is, I will find whatever item I am missing right now. The only thing you need for this spell is yourself. And here is the spell chant you are going to use. As I open my eyes, I turn to see my missing item in front of me. What you're going to do is go to the place where you last saw or you absolutely know you left that item. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths, one for body, one for mind, and one for spirit to center yourself. Open your eyes, turn in a circle while saying the spell chant, which is one more time. As I open my eyes, I turn to see my missing item in front of me. Now there's your last item. Pick it up and go on with whatever you were trying to do. Simple, quick, and to the point. We like our spells to be as simple and quick and practical as possible because we often don't have time for something complicated. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint, just something to make your day go better because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. For centuries, we've known how strongly our sense of scent is a powerful and instinctive trigger for some of our most basic memories and sensations. Recently, I was able to put this to a magical use while in my mundane environment. We all have, or at least we hope to find, a regular way to reach a place of calm gratitude, grounding, natural presence, and peace. For me, it is most often after my weekly spirit bath, which is what I call my weekly water ritual for cleansing and refreshing inside and out. So I chose a brand new scent, something different from my usual palette, and I began using it abundantly at the very end of my bath ritual, when I feel I am almost perfectly newborn and sacred. I swirl around and revel in this new fresh scent and remind myself that I am magical on the inside. Later on, or even a day or two later, 
I can find myself in a tense situation, a crowded rush, or maybe a bustling shorthanded retail floor. With a brief 15 seconds at my desk, time enough for three deep breaths, a gratitude, and a stretch. I squirt a few spritzes of this same new-to-me scent on my work shirt and inhale it, reminding myself of how wonderful I feel right after my spirit bath. And alakazam, my focus is back on the present, my heart rate settles, and my customers and coworkers notice a difference as I turn back to my mundane day with a magical thought to carry me. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. You can also find us on social media, such as Facebook and Twitter. Until then, then, remember, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. We are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So, so would it be. be.